podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. And we got a special guest today. Indeed, we do. Welcome to episode 158. Today, we're going to talk about self-care. And we've got one of my favorite human beings in the world here, Randy Kay from the Simple Self-Care Podcast. Yes, hello. Yeah, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So, Randy <laughs> is from Fargo, North Dakota. Yes. I, does that place actually exist? Or is I it just know. in the movies? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> man, we've not been to Fargo in forever, man. But yeah, that is a, what a beautiful city. It's one of my top 10 cities for sure. It really is. Um, Culture per capita there is insane. Well, we just tend not to go there in the winter or the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a select few months where it's like perfect. Yeah, there's, there's like a dozen days in, throughout the year where you go there and you're like, oh my God, I want to move here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is a lot of like, like you said, culture per capita. It's uh, it's a very big, small town. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and um, we were first exposed to that because we Ryan and I and, and our friend Colin, who we were running the... Uh, um, publishing company with at the time we all lived in missoula so this was 2013 we were asked to come speak at a conference that's where we first met you was this conference called misfit con and we um, and we turned them down like we do most conferences right <laughs> several times actually and several then, times we turned them down and then colin's the one who talked us into doing it he's like know, come man. on guys let's well do i didn't it. go because that, that play yeah, you were you were the lead yeah. in a play. The yeah, first and it was year like it was like there. yeah, it was opening weekend. I was doing that play, but but man, when you guys came back, you and Colin came back, and you were just ecstatic about how awesome Fargo was, and I was like, God, like I want to go to this conference next year. And it was mainly because of Randy K right here. Exactly. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> so today we're gonna, right. we're gonna talk <laughs> about self care. Randy, how do how do we define self care, and how do we do so in a way that isn't off putting to someone like me? <laughs> Are you going to pull out crystals? That, I got one in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's crystal? Self-care <laughs> self starts with crystals. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, it's a very good question. And self-care has actually become kind of an annoying word, I think. Right. Um, mm. Because it's associated with a lot more superficial things like take a bubble bath or da 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 and those things are great but that's only kind of scratching the surface so Quite literally yeah. yeah i mean uh the, the, the sort of when i think of self-care i often think of those like right. exfoliate at the spa yeah. and, and what's uh they have these the they're like blow dry bars here what's that called the blowouts <laughs> yeah dude I, I i there's one like right down the street for me like <laughs> courtney carver she was when she was in la last time she was like i got a blowout <laughs> and i was like what is a blowout and she's like well, you know like and i was like oh your hair does look awesome she was like ryan you should totally go and get a blowout <laughs> <laughs> but that's i i think if, when it stops right there then then it's like uh it's like trying to take some sort of pill to cure you know whatever it's a short term. Yeah. It is a short term fix, but when we talk about self care, I, I think you're when you focus on it, you're also focused a lot more on on looking inward. 
Yeah, so I define it as the act of tuning in and then acting accordingly. Mm. And so these superficial acts can be ways to relax yourself and like switch up if you're having a crazy day, right? Mm. And then you're feeling anxious and then you're like, oh, I have an essential oil that calms me down. And so you take a whiff and then it kind of like changes Comes things. You down a little bit. Yeah, and it's like that is a really simple like superficial and these things thing. Are, these things are okay. Like you're not saying superficial pejoratively. Like it is yeah. yeah. I mean like it, it's just like maybe like the first level, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's something different that you can do. And going to the spa like I feel like fits underneath the self-care umbrella. There's a time and place for that. Mm. But if if you use that as an escape, that's a different thing, mm. you know. So self-care so, isn't an escape. It's it's in a way the opposite of, of yeah, an escape. Yeah, it, it's mm. like a gateway. It's like whatever it is that you can do that allows you to like say hi to yourself and remember that you're there and that you're breathing and like, oh, actually this thing that I'm doing is causing me anxiety or this thing that I'm doing really brings me joy in a way I didn't really realize. So it's a bunch of things. It's different for everybody, but it's, um, I think self-care is just a good term for that, but it's kind of taken on its own beast these days because yeah, people are catching on with the marketing and all this stuff. And it's a very broad, yeah. it's a very broad term. It's yeah. like kind of like minimalism. I mean, it's, it's a very broad, <laughs> it's a very broad yeah. term. Yeah. I, I knew minimalism had jumped the shark in a way when I walked by like the gaff and it had shirts that just said minimalism <laughs> on them. I'm yeah. like, if it was a minimalist shirt, you just wouldn't have a word on the front of right. it. Right. Like that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Yeah. Um, so I like what you just said, but a way to say hi to yourself. So in a way mm -hmm. it's acknowledging you for who you are, acknowledging your, your thoughts looking inward uh, because quite often we get caught up in the the neurosis of everyday living and, and the endless rumination and there's a study uh, recently we were talking about this on our ask the uh, ask the minimalist anything live podcast uh, for our patreon supporters recently and um, what I realized was that this endless rumination uh, there, there are some scientific studies now uh, dr. Rhonda Patrick are you familiar with her um, she has a great podcast that i mean she really goes into the weeds and i mean you, it's one of those things you have to like put on 80 percent speed and then like take copious notes in order to understand it she had another scientist on there who studies depression and there is a link not necessarily a direct link but uh, a subset of pe depressive people we'll put a link to this episode in the show notes where she talks about depression um uh, there's a link between inflammation and and depression and rumination yeah, and so one of the things that leads to inflammation is rumination. Mm. Not just standard thinking. We all have to think about our, our problems. We have to think to prepare for a podcast like this. But the rumination of, of sitting up at night in bed or worrying, worrying, worrying leads to inflammation in the body. And, mm. and they're able to prove this now scientifically, which then, of course, leads to sadness, depression, etc. And one of the ways to combat that is to sort of pause for a second mm. and say, hey, um, I need to notice what I'm going through so that I can take care of myself. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's really where the self-care comes in. Yeah, because a lot of these feelings we have, like whether it's anxiety or whether it's fear, I mean, these are they're symptoms, right? So when we have symptoms like that, it's, yeah, checking in with yourself and uh, understanding like, oh, like I have anxiety. That means something, maybe something needs to change. Well, and, and what needs to change is, is the question, like I'll give you an example. Yesterday, uh, Randy, I was, I was feeling super anxious yesterday afternoon. Mm. Um, and I, I know I didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, which I've been doing great in terms of sleep recently, but la the, the night before was just a, 
was an anomaly. And, and so I can probably link it to that directly. But what do you do in a situation like that where, and I know you work with a lot of people that, who experience anxiety when someone is feeling anxious, like I was yesterday afternoon, like to the point where I was getting angry. And, mm. and anger is not a typical emotion that I, I mean, you know me pretty well. I, you, you can't imagine me like getting, wanting to throw something, well, but I, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I felt that way. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm able to sort of repress that emotion. We were joking before the podcast started, like, what was my memoir title? Memoir title? Um, the power repression. of the power of repression. Power yeah. of repression. <laughs> uh, the, what Ryan was saying is like the 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 thing that differenti- differentiates us from chimpanzees is the fact that we can repress. Uh, really, what he was saying is you we don't have to act on some of these emotions. Yeah. And so noticing it obviously yesterday, but I felt super anxious. What, what do you what do you talk to someone about if they're if they're feeling anxious? What what are some things to do? Yeah, I mean I. A few things. One thing, when you when you get to the anxious state, it's almost um, you're almost a little too far gone at that mm. point. Yeah, the, the water's already boiling. <laughs> yeah, so you have like some of your rituals or things that you know you like to do that calm you down. Like for me, it is deep breathing. Or uh, like I travel, I was traveling here from South America yesterday, and it was a little stressful. And I just had that like almost a mantra like you can relax, you can calm down, just like kind of talking to yourself, uh-huh. in the, which, which helps. Um, but I think with anything that comes up regularly, like depression and anxiety and things like that, I like to look at it as becoming friends with it. And so when it comes up being like, hey, what are you doing here? And how did you get here? And like, do you want to hang out? Okay, cool. Now you can go, you know? And it's instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. Now I'm feeling anxious that I'm feeling anxious. And why am I feeling angry now? And, and I need then, to get rid of this anxiety and yeah. try to push it out. It's the same thing with meditation where yeah. uh, one of the, the mistakes that I often get into with meditation is as I meditate, I'm like, get rid of the thoughts in my head, push yeah. them out. And it's, that's not the point. It's about watching the thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And so you're saying watch the anxiety, watch the, the depression. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and learn from it. It's like getting curious because the body is constantly responding to its surroundings and trying to give us warning signs. So like pain is a signal from, you know, the brain to a part of the body based on the information that it's gotten. So Mm -hmm. whether it is like a trauma or injury sitting a lot or an emotional response or something, your body, when, when dysfunction comes up, it's really trying to tell you something. And so when anxiety comes up or depression comes up, it's just, it's like yeah and it's like your shoulder hurting you know and it's, it's just an like like something something's up yeah exactly so it's nice to just like as much as you can remember that and be like okay this is what happens sometimes why are you here do your best to work through it but then but then when you have calmed down a little bit go back and look at maybe how you got to that point like mm-hmm. what was the recipe that cause that to bubble up and start to like course correct a little bit or adjust this here and there. And you can probably pinpoint why that ended up happening. You know, well, for me, I was able to say, Hey, I think it's linked directly to sleep. And I don't know. Ryan has been struggling a lot with sleep mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, those mornings where you wake up and you're, you're, we both have these like sleep tracker rings. Um, yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, they just tell us how bad we sleep. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, all it tells me is that I'm going to die a really, really <laughs> tired human being. 
Right. <laughs> Ryan's is an anxiety ring. <laughs> my, <laughs> dude, my average sleep is like 65, dude. It's the, so you, bad. You shouldn't be alive right now. <laughs> um, not like, if I get, uh, there are a few times we were out on tour where I would get a 65 and I feel dead. You were the most durable person I have ever met. It's He was eating a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. <laughs> he came in here and just poured milk on it. You know, I just, it's funny though, because it makes me sad because I feel like, how would I be if I was getting like a 90 sleep score? I would be unstoppable. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, for me, like I have to get above an 80 in order to function, man. Mm. Um, uh, it's uh, zero to 100 scale, mm-hmm. but like it, and it, it heavily weighs deep sleep, REM sleep, and especially length of sleep. Yeah. Um, and it so, seems to me like you, you really struggle with deep sleep, but in those, those mornings you wake up with a, with a lack of deep sleep or whatever, you feel a noticeable difference, whether it's mm-hmm. anger or frustration. It, it, the easiest yes. things will frustrate you, and it does that with me too. And I think so yesterday true. that was the problem. Yeah, man. It, if I get up uh, and I did not have a good night's sleep, mm-hmm. like I, like I could be making coffee and the ground spill a little bit. And yeah. I want to like throw my coffee mug through the wall, and and then I have and I have to check in with myself and be like Ryan, buddy, mm-hmm. I got this Mister Rogers voice that kind of talks to me like <laughs> that's your inner wisdom. It really is. <laughs> it's nice. like it's like hey it's Ryan, bad. you just didn't get good sleep. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like relax. Um, taking a lot of deep breaths like that. It's so funny how uh, uh, oxygen is anxiety's enemy. I feel like. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I get to those really anxious states, like I do check in and kind of, you know, appreciate. And I say appreciate as in like just try to understand why I'm at where I'm at. The opposite happens but the, to me. But deep breaths, man, like really, really, I don't, it just helps me totally relax. If I could take 10 deep breaths, it's not like this instant magic cure, mm-hmm. but it does help me to just take it down a notch. The other thing too, I know, I noticed is that if I feel anxious, I will just eat a snack. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even hungry, though. I just feel anxious. But yeah. then I'll eat yeah. a snack, and then, like, nine times out of ten, like, that's what it is. I was just hungry. I didn't even... Blood sugar thing. Yeah, I didn't even babies, realize it. Really. Yeah, so we are We need just... our naps. We need our snacks. Yeah. We need a hug. Yes. And we're good. <laughs> that's right. Good <laughs> sleep. I found for me, when I'm anxious, like, yesterday, like, I will catch myself when I'm not breathing at all. Like, yeah. I- I'll just, for, I don't know, 30 seconds at a time, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> and then i realized like i looked at bex yesterday at one point i said i'm not breathing right <laughs> your now your face is blue <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong and i i spilled a glass of water last night oh uh, dude and like right as we were going to bed and it infuriated oh. me and and but i had to do the same thing i had to sort of check in with myself like hey it's just a glass of water yeah you can clean this up yeah it's going to be okay it's not a problem at all this is it's not just fixable but when i pan out for five minutes the problem is going to be over with yeah i think the problem is like when we are in that anxious state like maybe there is you know whether it's sleep or maybe there's you know something personal going on it's like the little things bother us because for me at least i feel like when something little happens like if i spill a glass of water when i'm a little Mm -hmm. bit anxious it's like Jesus Christ, I can't even pour a glass of water right. Like, it's like this. Yeah, Yeah, well, and this is where self-care comes in because if you have a a regular daily practice, you have some reserves for those stressful times. Mm. So if you're constantly depleted and you're stressed out and then something happens that 
it's like not taking from anything. So you don't have really a lot to like cushion or comfort yourself. And so a lot of people, you know, they, when they feel good, they don't really, they're just like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to just carry on with my life. Yeah. But well, sometimes we, we also, we, we try to enhance the good yeah. and we'll turn to things that are, are like bad for us, right? whether it's like drugs, alcohol, partying, staying up late, like and whatever it, it is. Yeah. It kind of flips that feel good feeling. Right. And in, so, in, in a weird way. Yeah. So it is really important to keep just, it's like just continuing continually nourishing yourself so when you have a moment or anxiety creeps in you have something to pull from you have some reserves there yeah for sure. mm, i've never yeah. looked at it that way i, I like that well randy yeah. we have some questions today we don't we don't do interviews on, on our podcast instead we bring some folks in occasionally that we like and we we help some folks with their questions and our first question today is from shaley in washington state I just wanted to know if you guys had any advice for moving on from past versions of yourself. For context, I'm figuring out who I am and who I want to be during my upcoming senior year and beyond. And I feel held back by certain expectations that I and others have for myself based on who I've been in the past. I've struggled with depression and self-harm. So feeling like I'm stuck there and can't grow and move past that is definitely weighing me down. All right. So Randy Shaley says she's trying to move on from from past versions of herself. And first thing I would say is congratulations on asking some of the right questions here instead of just attempting to continue to struggle through or push through it. It's a very American tendency or maybe just a Western tendency for us to like set aside the problems and, and think that I'm going to I'm going to just push through them I'm going mm-hmm. to crawl over top of them mm-hmm. instead of going through them and mm-hmm. and and what Shaylee's trying to do right now is try to go through some of those those problems now she, she said something that was interesting to me she said I'm trying to figure out who I am and who I want to be and I think we're all trying to figure out who we are and who we want to become mm-hmm. that's what growth is right because yeah. Once you get to the horizon, it's not like all of a sudden I've reached the horizon. No, there's always going to be a new horizon, at least if you're living a meaningful life. Now, the problem is we talked to to uh, Pete Rollins about this. We did a, a podcast episode about love, and he differentiated pleasure from enjoyment. You know, the pleasure is sort of in the moment, like uh, experiencing of something, which can be fine and nice, but enjoyment is the broader pleasure where it's like anticipating who we're going to become or anticipating the activity the vacation we're going to go on and it's also reflecting back on the the past experiences in a a way that we're learning from from our past self so it seems to me like right now she says she's trying to move on from her past self but but aren't we always we're we're always trying to move forward and i i I think i make that I, i make that distinction um so, so what, what advice do you have? What words of wisdom do you have for Shaylee? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, this is a common thing that I think will come up many times in her life and in a person's life, like you said. Sure. And so I think taking the pressure off that you have to have it figured out really helps. Like you guys know my dad, he's a wise man. And, <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. and he retired a few years ago and he, it was, we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, you know, now I just got to 
I just got to figure out who I am. I love it. And I'm just like, he's like, you never stop. Like, you never stop figuring it out. And if my dad in his 60s is still taking time to figure out who he is, like, that's actually really comforting to me because it's like we get to keep evolving and keep getting information about what resonates with us and what doesn't. And she mentioned she went through a breakup, which is actually a really beautiful time to do self-reflection because you can be like, okay, what did I learn from that? What did I like about it? What didn't work? What can I take with me? And what can I leave behind? And I think that, that that's important because quite often we, we either try to leave behind everything, including the right. good stuff that we learn. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lyrics is from uh, a band, Parlor Hawk, who, who you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Randy lived in Utah for a few years. Um, go Utes. Go, <laughs> go Utah Jazz. Just kidding. No, Aggies. I was an Aggie. I can't say go Utes. It's sacrilegious. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Drew. What the hell's an Aggie? Uh, Utah State. It's a minor it Provo? person. Oh. No, it's uh, Logan, Utah. Anyway, yeah, Drew, his line is, I learned a lot of good lessons here that I choose to forget. Mm. And that's the problem sometimes. We'll, we'll go through yeah. a relationship or a career or an event in our life and we'll learn some lessons from it. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, you're like, we're intentionally forgetting those because yeah. like we, we want to opt in for the momentary pleasure mm-hmm. And, and forsake the lessons we've already learned. And sometimes we have to learn the same lesson over and over to, to, to actually figure it out before it sticks. Yeah. You know, Shaylee, I mean, she's a, she's a senior, I'm a high school or college, I don't know. But I mean, if she's in high school, I mean, this is, this is like her first experience or one of her first experiences with going through these yeah. changes and dealing with these feelings. So I know when I was in high school, how big of a deal everything was. Like everything was such a big deal. And, uh, you know, high school kids, they do a really good job of making other high school kids' lives miserable. And, you know, I don't know if Shaylee is going through this with her peers or not, but that that pressure of trying to figure out who you are, what you're going to represent to your peers in high school I do not miss that pressure at all. Yeah. So, but, but unfortunately, sometimes we carry that forward, right? And we still experience that same pressure as adults, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think with Shaylee, like the first thing I would say is, Shaylee, please know, and it's easier it's easier for me to say this than, than for her to feel this. It is, whatever you do in high school is not a big deal. Like it does, you could, you could be walking down the hall and your pants accidentally fall down or you forget to wear your pants to school. You show up and you show up in underwear. I hate those dreams. (laughs) And like, and and, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I'm 37 years old. God, dude, we, I graduated 20 years ago, man. (laughs) That is unbelievable. So graduated 20 years ago and nothing from high school matters. So uh, again, my first piece of advice to Shaylee is like, please understand you're young. This is high school. Things are not as big of a deal as what we make them out to be. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to be this like perfect high school student, whether it's for your parents or whether it's for your peers. Like all you have to do is be yourself. I mean, ultimately, with the people we have in our lives, with anyone we have, whether it's a stranger or it's a friend, family member, we want to trust people. That's what it comes down to. And that's what's important in life. It doesn't matter if you're cool. It doesn't matter, you know, what drugs you're doing. It doesn't matter what's what sport you're playing. Like what really matters ultimately 
is can people trust you, Shaylee? And the way that you get people to trust you is you are a genuine person and you are consistent. Like that is the easiest way to gain people's trust. So Shaylee, if you, if you are having uh, a problem with figuring out who you want to be, um, I would start with, uh, uh, I would start with figuring out what your values and beliefs are, because that is going to help light the path for, for the actions that you're going to take. What episode 69, right? About, uh, values? yeah. Yeah. So check out that episode, uh, uh, podcast number 69. But, but from there, once you figure out, uh, what your values are, once you get clear on, on, on what your beliefs are, then from there, just be as genuine as possible and be as consistent as possible. It's funny because that whole saying, act as if, I really, I love and I hate <laughs> that saying. I love it because it really is true. Like it is, um, it's very similar to saying like you create your own reality. Yeah, fake it till you make it is another way to put it. Yeah, sometimes. fake it till you make it. And, and it's, and, and, I, and I hate it because it, it really, uh, I guess it undermines the importance of, of being a genuine person. Mm-hmm. But but that when, when I think fake it till you make it, what I think is is like, okay, I'm Ryan Nicodemus. I want to be a minimalist. I want to be a good example for people. What would that person do? Yeah, so then I start amazing. making decisions off of that. And, and you know what? From day one, when, I was, when we were the minimalists, dude, I, I mean, so many people, so many people were like, Oh, Ryan, you're insane. We don't know what's <laughs> happened to you. You're crazy. Josh, he's, he's going to kill himself or something. Like, you guys are nuts. He's getting all of his stuff, and that's a telltale sign of committing suicide. Right. But eight years later, people are like, they've come full circle. Oh, my God, you guys are awesome. Like, full support. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable, but that's only because Josh and I have been being genuine people. We've been consistent for the last eight years, and, like, that, th- that is what, uh, I guess, may, not makes us... Um, qualified but or experts but uh it, it just it makes us um relatable i, I don't know what the word i'm looking I th- I for think, is i think maybe the the way to append that phrase is instead of active act as if it's act as if your future self is watching yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 because we are really yeah. you yeah. look back at your past self like how why did i do yeah. that you know what's funny or so, i'm glad i did that so yeah. jordan had this interesting experience uh jordan jordan no more had uh, this interesting experience with Jeff Goldblum, and yeah. he was at this bar, and uh, you know Jeff, he, he was with his buddy. He's like, "Oh, that's Jeff Goldblum over there," and his buddy's like, "Oh, let me introduce you." So he comes up, and he's Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, how's it going, man? Oh, wait, look at the glasses. He takes his glasses off. He's like, "Oh, man, those glasses are really cool, man." <laughs> being Jeff, Goldblum. he's being Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. But so, so I mean, th- that le- I think that lends itself to acting as if or acting what your future self wants. So. Whether Jeff Goldblum is in front of the camera or whether he is at a party being introduced to Jordan, like he, he is being himself. Right. So I, I He's, and, and being, I, I think maybe the other, the, the other way to talk about it and to frame this in terms of self-care, Randy is, is, uh, I think quite often self-care is like taking care of the best version of yourself. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I like that nice. a lot. Yeah. I'm going to use that one. Um, <laughs> Take care of the oh, best version. You tweet yeah. that. That's awesome. One thing I'll add to is she did mention, you know, her depression and self-harm. And I will say, like, when I got, quote, air quotes, diagnosed with depression, it was in high school. And oh. so it and that was a really um, I think that's a really risky time to throw that on somebody because there's so many factors that contribute to uh, mental health and things. Um, but the cool thing is that what does matter in high school and what can matter for her, whether she's in high school or college, um, 
is that she can learn some really tangible tools to take with her throughout the rest of her life. And so the good thing about my experience in high school was that putting a label on it did some harm because I just like, okay, I'm a depressed person. I'm just going to let, I literally looked up what that means and then was like, oh, I guess I'm like this, you know? Um, So that was the dangerous part of it. Because you're acting on you've been told the label yeah, yeah you're acting on the label that you've been yeah getting. but the plus side mm. of that was that i i started going to therapy at a young age and learned some really great things to help me know myself and to know how to deal with it and so for her i mean she's she's really wanting to be intentional about this phase of her life which is actually pretty amazing and i and she gets to really recognize given all that she's going through that she can even think this way is pretty amazing um but that she can get help like there's nothing wrong with that to to work with somebody that you trust and um and and get some tools to know how to process these things in a healthy way as you move forward some of those tools can include uh, simple things like exercise meditation yeah Yeah, Uh, and that is just as important as therapy (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i I think i think one of the things that that we're now finding out about depression is well two things uh that that podcast that i mentioned that we'll link to from dr Rhonda patrick um, the the antidepressants can be really beneficial in a short term for certain people. Yes. Um, and and obviously I'm not a doctor, so I, I lean on doctors like them to 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 guide me along. But but placebo pills have a better long term mm-hmm. uh, um, effect so than crazy. than like Prozac or. or whatever the other ones are. But with the, this discovery of rumination and how it creates inflammation, I mean, it's it's no wonder why the placebo actually does a decent job. Right. And and so, so actually, you got to listen to that podcast. It's so good because especially if you have suffered from sadness or depression, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not someone who is a depressed person, but I, I have two, I've had two parents. My mother was a diagnosed depressive and she was certainly depressive. My, my father was manic depressive and, um, and schizophrenic. And so like, there was a lot of mental illness in, in my family for sure. And going through that, I, I realized like, Part of it had to do because they did, there was no thoughts of self-care. It was all unintentional self-harm, which is sort of what we, we, we do every day is, is, is the everyday damage of living a normal life just creates a certain amount of damage. And Shaylee's experiencing that now. And then you pile on top of that what she said. She said she's felt like she feels like she's held back by expectations, her own expectations and the expectations of others. Which is what, super dangerous. Well, what do you think she means by the expectations? Like because she has been known, uh, she's been given this label depressive. She mentioned self harm. So do you think that she means expectations? Because people don't expect her to keep harming herself. But no. I, but, I, but because of her past actions, like people are look like kind of maybe raising an eyebrow, like social pressures yeah. and Society. being a certain way. Yeah, and I I would say my expectations of myself was probably the biggest like the most dangerous thought pattern for myself mm. because there was this... But aren't those shaped by the expectations of others? Especially yeah. with you and Ryan who grew up in like religious context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole other expectation there as well. Yeah, it's yeah. many layered because human beings are beautiful that way. <laughs> but I think it, it it's like, okay, there is the expectations even of school. Like you need this assignment done. You're going to be active in this thing, that thing. And then you take that and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to now level up. And you think that your expectations are the actual expectations. And so that's kind of where that 
I think that danger lies. So she needs to be careful with what she is expecting of herself. And defining the reality in her mind with the actual reality of yeah. of what is expected. Cause God, we, in high school, it's just those expectations we throw. I, I remember being in high school and the expectations I threw on myself were, I mean, I hardly met any of them. Yeah. Like it's such a, it's I such a difficult time. That's how I dealt with it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just, nope. I, w- I wish I would add someone answering this question for me when I was in high school. <laughs> Seriously. I, I think the, the thing to note for Shayla here is, is a few things. One is 99% of the pressure you feel is internal pressure. It's mm. pressure you've created for yourself. Yes. Uh, there might be external pressure because there are going to be external uh, expectations. There will be, especially parents, uh, teachers, counselors, uh, peers. There will be their own expectations. The, the important thing to, to note here, you just talked about letting go of, of expectations. Um, you can't control other people people's expectations Mm -hmm. and there are going to be some people who don't like you but so what no matter what you do they're probably not going to like you and even if you do something that is against what your values are then they like a person who you're not going to be yeah it is much better to be a genuine person and disliked rather than being a disingenuous person and being liked so the only set of expectations you can control then given those circumstances uh, are your own expectations and and measuring those expectations it's okay to have certain expectations have certain hopes uh is another way to say expectation what do you what do you hope for your your future self yeah i think hope and expectations are pretty different i mean because expectations are something that you are expecting to happen it's like it's like uh you know i hope one day that i'll have the relationship with my dad that i want but that is certainly not my expectation right i think a hope is a type of ex it's a loosely held expectation yeah uh, yeah yeah and 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 i think the difference that that i I like to focus on is like what what is the standard what what am i going to do today that's going to make my future self proud and so that might mean meditation sort of self-care ritual so so when we walk out of this question here with shaylee what are some things that she can do what's some sort of actionable things that she can do to better take better care of herself i think to be instead of being so committed to what everybody else is going to think like try to transform that commitment to yourself and really using this as an opportunity to get to know yourself really well and that could be through journaling that could be through professional help that could be through you know your daily rituals or whatever but it's really again embracing these parts of you that you wish weren't there Mm -hmm. asking what can you learn from them and what can you take with you as you move forward and let go of being like, okay, it's my senior year. I'm going to be this person or like come Monday morning, I'm going to be this person, you know, right. and, and just, that's who I'm going to be for the rest of eternity. Yeah, yeah. And just being like, that's a bad expectation. What am I really being present? And what am I feeling right now? What am I learning right now? And, and, and then just relaxing a little bit mm. and know that you're just, you're just gonna live your life and you're gonna be how you how you are. Yeah, dude, this is like a really long-winded way of talking about lowering expectations and raising standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shaylee needs to lower her expectations, meaning- And forget others' expectations. Yes, and let other people's expectations go. But she needs to raise her standards. And, and the way you can raise your standard, it is by, it's by meditating, it's by exercising, it is by doing these self-care things that helps us have reserves. So when we do feel depressed or we have down times that we're not completely drained. But yeah, man, I don't know how, I don't know what to say to Shaylee to just help her understand like it's high, high school doesn't mean shit. Like, you know what? The cool, the cool kids in high school, 
like the, the ones that I was so worried about impressing, like they are losers now. And no offense to any of them, but like, or, or if they're still cool now, it's because they they ne- they were never infected yeah. by the tyranny of cool. Yeah, it's not every single cool person in high school, but a lot of I just a lot of the people I looked up to, yeah. like like now I look at them and I'm like, oh, like you're still in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think focusing on not that high school doesn't mean anything because at the moment, like, because it does, but it's like. What does this period of life actually mean? Mm, I like that better. And yeah, then that is much better really cling to that and know, and then zoom out and know that this other stuff means shit. Yeah. You know? because, okay. So yeah. <laughs> and so, then move forward, you know, from what you can gain from it. Cause every season of life has really important lessons. That's a good point. So, so it, it, it's not that it doesn't mean anything as much as you have to be very deliberate with the meaning Shaylee that you're placing on your, on your uh high school time or whatever like that yeah um again easier said than done um but yeah i mean i think right now so what are the important things with high school it's maybe she wants to go to college like getting good grades i guess like what are so what are the important what are the important takeaways from the high school experience having fun Yes. I don't know. Yes. So, Shaylee, <laughs> rule number one, have fun Having in high fun school. and not stressing out about things that you actually will need to be more mindful of later. Um, but just nurturing friendships that could carry on with you mm. and having fun, going to a dance, you know, and just like mm. being, I think that's the one thing when I look back on my high school experience, I was so busy focusing on my depression that... I didn't realize how much fun I was having. And when I look back on high school, I actually enjoyed it because I was a theater nerd and, you know, we do whatever we want. Right. But um, <laughs> but I couldn't enjoy it in the moment because I was so focused on everything that was wrong with me or if this boy liked me or if I was keeping up with this person mm. and or what I wasn't being included in. Yeah. And I really didn't realize that. And I think I have versions of that of every phase of my life. And that's kind of why I'm really trying to just enjoy as much as I can now. But I think that season of life is to learn and to have fun. Yeah. You know, as much as you can. I'm going to leave Shaylee with a few things to take care of yourself. One thing that I've started doing recently, uh, I guess you could call my my own self-care rituals. Mm -hmm. Every every week there's a list of like 12 things that I make sure I do at least twice a week. Uh, And I I stopped putting, it was changing my own expectation because a lot of these things I'm like, I want to do these every single day. And it was reframing my own expectations. Uh, and so uh, there's an essay on our website called The Rule of Two. And basically it's doing some self-care things twice a week that are going to make me a better version of myself. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'll just go through a few of these. But it, some of it's like it's the free medicine of life that we just mm-hmm. don't even think about. Going out in the sun for at least an hour. Uh, even if you live somewhere like, uh, uh, where is she from? Washington, which is going to be cold in, in, in the winter um, and gray, right? But going out in the sun is something that is important. Even when it's gray, there there is a different uh, experience you're going to have than if you're just stuck under, under the sort of fluorescent cubicles uh, lights or the high school lights. 
spending time outside in the sun is something I make sure I do. Now, thankfully, we live in LA, and so it's an easy thing for us to do here. But even in Fargo, when it's negative 40 degrees... We still have sun. Yes, you do. Just bundle up. There's no bad weather, just bad gear. So bundle That's up great. Get out of there. Uh, writing. Fargo, there's no bad weather, just bad gear. <laughs> writing is something I'm, I, I, I like to do pretty close to every day, but as long as I do it two times a week, I give myself permission to feel really good. Uh, I, I tend to do it five or six days a week, but um, there are some weeks where it might just happen twice. Uh, yeah. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I know it happened only twice. And I have this, this is literally just a checklist that goes on my phone. I printed it out right from my phone. That list is stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> but not him. And that's a really cool thing to notice about self-care. Oh, yeah. Is that it's very personal is that everyone yeah. yeah everyone has their own preferences yeah and uh so reading a couple times a week you know I, I tend to read usually in the morning sometimes at night before bed um but again it's something i do more than twice a week usually and so for me this is I, i'm doing all these things anyway and it's a way for me to say okay am i taking care of myself but it's also an area for me to realize where am i deficient because mm. all these things are happening anyway mm. and so at the at the end of the day i get to go and say oh yeah i did this this and this uh doing the sauna twice a week i usually go three sometimes four times times a week but mm-hmm. but doing the sauna at least twice a week i did it last night and like, i get to check it off my list i'm doing it anyway right mm-hmm. uh stretching or some sort of yoga or physical therapy twice a week squats push-ups pull-ups like just body weight exercises cycling meditation that's my big struggle because it, do- it feels so anti-productive uh, you just need to learn more about it and learn uh, what your brain's doing. <laughs> what, right, and, and I think that's the thing where, where as these other things, like you're actually, you're doing something mm-hmm. and meditation is the not doing something that mm-hmm. is the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so making sure I do that at least twice a week. I'd like to do it ideally every day, but doing that twice a week. Getting out and walking for a couple hours. Again, that's something I do most days, almost every day. Uh, it's and, amazing how a good walk can make you feel better. Mm-hmm. A nice brisk walk, or if I'm yeah. really feeling anxious, like going to the sauna, it's changing your state. Mm-hmm. And so in the short term, these, a bunch of these short-term changes lead to, to long-term change as well. And I think for Shaylee, it's important to realize like changing your body, especially if you're feeling sadness or depression, mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do to refocus that anxiety mm-hmm. is get some exercise in there. Change how you, what, what you're doing with your physiology, that will change your brain. Absolutely. How many things you got on the list there? There's 12. <laughs> There's just 12? What, there, I do each one twice. Oh, I see, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just, I was going to say, um, what, that, that like just cut the stress in half of that list for me. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say is for Shaylee, um, if, if she can take on 12 things right now, she can write down a list of 12 or 20. Um, that's, and she feels like she can commit to that. That's awesome. But it might just start with meditation. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. it might just start with a, a little bit of a healthy, healthier diet, a little exercise. Yeah, well, and you have your, your go-to thing that you choose from. Um, I always tell people, because I do a lot of one-on-one mentoring with people, and start with something that's super doable and enjoyable and almost laughable that you would put it on a list. Mm-hmm. So like going out in the sun, right? Yeah. It's like... Why would, why would I put that on my calendar? That's literally the but, first thing on the list, right? <laughs> but, right? But that's like, that's where you start. Like, it's going to sound silly, but that it's, you know, a lot of pain and things that have developed come from these small and simple acts that we do over time. And so I think one of the best ways to counter that is through small and simple acts. Yeah. And so it's that. like, okay, I'm going to put it on my calendar of going out in the sun. And if it feels silly, but really fun, then you know you're on the right track of where to start and that will 
evolve naturally. Dude, think about coffee from the beans that are picked, the region that they come from, the elevation, the temperature, the way that the beans were transported. Then they get roasted. Mm-hmm. Then you have a you know, certain filter. You have a certain method. You have a certain size grind. You have a certain water temperature. You have timing. You have all these you know, measurements. It's like all of these little things add up to where like you're drinking a cup of coffee and it becomes this amazing not this cup of coffee this coffee sucks but <laughs> it becomes this i'm just kidding it's that it doesn't suck but it's it, it's no bandit coffee which you can get a bandit coffee company <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously it's like what uh, it, it's very similar to what you're talking about mm-hmm. it's like we do think about like yeah going out in the sun what's that really gonna do you know what going out in the sun one thing yeah you're not it's not this magic pill Hmm. but going out in the sun and going on a walk and doing a little bit of meditation or some breathing exercises like then you're starting to add up and it actually is making this huge difference the best self-care i feel like is it's not something to add to your to-do list it's integrated into how you're living so it's like okay instead of getting in the car i'm going to leave a little bit more early and walk to wherever I'm going or when you're working at your desk I I talk a lot about desk working and it's like okay on my phone call I'm going to stand up and move around instead mm-hmm. of just sit on the phone call so it's like a lot of people tell me like oh self-care stresses me out or I'm too overwhelmed and it's when you can really integrate it into how you're already operating mm-hmm. that's when the magic happens really I love it I think I think for me the reason this list was was so helpful. These are things I'm already doing, yeah. but there there I've found some like definite holes where I'm like, oh, I'm not meditating as much as I I think I am. Like it helps you be consistent with these things. Yeah, and it yeah. makes me realize like, and I don't have to beat myself up over. It. I just say, oh, well, you know what? I've only done the sauna once this week, and it's the end of the week. Why don't I just hop in the sauna? Yeah, and. Yeah. As opposed to to having you know twenty four things on a, on on a list for me, it's like I've already done these things, and uh, it's a way for me to say, okay, like these are the it's the it's the free medicine yeah. that's mm-hmm. going to make me a better version of myself. Yeah, it's like uh, if I skip the chiropractor for a month or two, like all of a sudden I got I start getting this neck pain and back pain, and I'm like, oh yeah, like I haven't been to the chiropractor in two months. And then I go and get adjusted and, you know, it, it helps me out. But yeah, I, it, it, it is a great idea, man. Like these things that we do in our daily lives, but sometimes we just slip for one reason or another. And this is a great reminder. I think ultimately what we're talking about here, if you don't, if you listen to this and you're turned off by the term self-care, um, for me, what I've realized is like, it's really just redefining what success is. We talked about uh, trying to eliminate other people's expectations because right now quite often our version of success I know throughout my entire 20s my version of success was predicated on what other people thought successful mm. was it was the luxury cars it was the house in the suburbs it was the job title and so redefining success is important so Shaylee I'd love to send you a copy of our book essential there's an entire chapter about su- success in here which camera Jordan this one Okay, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see our book, Essential. Ryan and I wrote this book. It's 150 different essays about intentional living, 12 different chapters, uh, 12 different areas of intentional living. And one of those is about success or really redefining what success is for you. So, Sean, if you could reach out to Shaylee, send her the audiobook version. If you like our podcast, you'll love the audiobook version of Essential. Or if you want the book book or the ebook, we're happy to send those to you as well. Our next question is from Jeff in Los Angeles. I have a uh, running shoe store, but we do a lot of foot wellness, and I see your 
being here on Facebook about self-care, and I was just hoping you guys would cover something about foot care as well and how that pertains to self-care because the feet are our foundation. All right, we're going to skip over Ryan Tenderfoot Nicodemus here to <laughs> get Randy to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I could definitely use some tips on foot care. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is the most durable person, but his Achilles heel is literally his Achilles heel. Um, and um, uh, actually... I'll, I'll tell you the best advice I ever got um, when it comes to... Maybe it's just posture in general, but it had to do with my feet. We were in Dublin. It was 2014. And this dude came. It was um. You remember Eric, the game changer, the young kid that was there? No. You don't remember that young? That was like uh, anyway. So hi Eric. <clears throat> yeah. Hey Eric, what's <laughs> up, man? Uh, uh. So his parents were there. His dad came up to me. He's like, he's like, I am an, I am like, you know, an expert with posture. And he's like, your feet. He's like, they're too far apart, mm-hmm. and they're and they're gated. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to bring in your gates, and you need to balance on your feet. And it's funny because I that has stuck with me. And during talks, I actually find myself, and that's kind of an American thing to like lean on one side. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a very American posture thing. Um, I have found by focusing on grounding myself and having balance on my feet, like it helps me uh, give a talk better, helps me uh, pay more attention. It's, it, it, is, it is unbelievable like how your feet can really make a difference with your health. Yeah. That's all I got on feet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, so Randy, I was really hoping to bring you on the podcast to talk about your feet at some point sure. in time. So <laughs> yeah. now you're here. I'll tell you this: this is the last scene of our documentary, Minimalism. Uh, I so Ryan and I have the same weird gait, even though we are shaped completely differently. And like I have ridiculously long legs. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> but at the last scene of our documentary, like I cringe every time I see it because it's us walking away from the camera. <laughs> We're all like <laughs> walking like ducks. Um, and, but I, I had to start going to uh, about three years ago. I started going to a physical therapist, and they they taught me how re taught me how to walk correctly. Mm-hmm. And it has it has totally changed the way that I walk now, and it's fixed a lot of my back problems. Uh, Agascu therapy was was something that was important because I, I was walking like a duck and like quack quack <laughs> and and what i've learned over the last three years and i have to still pay attention to it but like there's an i had to fix my gait and i i think back to the 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 reason this question was was interesting and i i, I picked it is he said something about the feet being the foundation and i had five surgeries on my right foot well it was my right big toe specifically when I was 24 and 25 I had this terrible ingrown toenail that kept growing back in and so eventually they had to take half the toenail off and kill all the roots and it's re- literally the worst pain I've ever experienced I, yeah I've, I was going to say I've never seen you go through so much pain it was man. 10 out of 10 un- on a regular basis unbelievable pain yeah to the point where I was like I don't know how I'm going to get through this next second yeah. it, it, it was that level of pain um, and it, it it true. It truly like ruined a period of my life because like when you can't, uh, when when you when you can't walk, you you feel like you you feel like you've totally your life has changed. This thing that we take for granted every day. Yeah, it has changed. I mean, and, and uh, you know, it took a while to fix that, and thankfully it's fixed. And I try to take good care of of my feet now, but it really is the the foundation. So uh, Jeff's asking because he runs a. a a running shoe store um but um 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I find that, like, for me, there are all these things that we take for granted. And I'm sure you see this right now, Randy, with with a lot of clients that you work with. There are things they take for granted. Because it's funny, Jordan was asking me yesterday, she's like, so what does Randy do? And I'm like, uh-oh, how do I explain <laughs> this? Um, how do you explain it, Joshua? I, I don't. I just throw my hands up. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what does she do? She lives in Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> she does things. She drinks yeah. water. She wears blue jeans. <laughs> uh, you've been to my studio. <laughs> you know more about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, well, you got a time massage. Mm-hmm. That was good. And and uh, I, well, then that's one of the first things I said. Is like she she specializes in time massage. She has a self care podcast. You can find her at naturallyrandyk.com. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I I uh <laughs> <laughs>
you know this. Um, but what I, I mean, wow. they, they were so bad that like I, I had some rolfing done. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, talk about pain. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But dude, talk about relief. Mm-hmm. And, and and not only did it help my my feet, it helped my gait. It helped. Uh, and, and it was like long, for those of you who don't know what rolfing is, it's basically just really, really, really deep tissue massage. It's, it's like, it's pain. Yes. Think of painful massage. Well, but the yeah. philosophy of it is more like structural integration. Yeah. yeah so. And, uh, uh, but it is painful. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like how much, like how long, how, what kind of increments did you do rolfing in? Cause you can't just go an hour straight. No. Um, maybe 15, 20 minutes, but like wow. I had bruises for a week. Yeah. Um, so it's 15, 20 minutes. And then do you take like a five, 10 minute break and then get back to it? Or is it just, you do 15 and 20 minute sessions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And in fact, I will have uh, Bex do it occasionally now where I, her hands aren't strong enough for the amount of pain that I can tolerate. Mm. So I'll have her use her elbow on my shins mm. and she'll leave bruises as well. But like wow. for, for me, it was, it was just that it wasn't just, it wasn't just like, where's the pain? It's what, when I pan out, I realized that, man, it's all interconnected. You know, my back pain had a lot to do with my shins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my back pain had a lot to do with with other areas of my body that wasn't just my back. And I was a couple of weeks out a few years ago from having back surgery and uh, until I discovered Agoscu therapy. And it was learning to walk again was part of fixing my back mm-hmm. pain. Learning... Um, uh, just simple weird exercises with my arms that you know obviously your your shoulders are connected to your lower back and which is it, it's all it's all there but we treat our body parts as if they're all standing in different rooms mm, yeah if you could just take care of my feet great and that can be a good short-term thing like to go get a nice back massage you get your shoulders rubbed like that feels good but that's not necessarily going to correct the problem we have to go down to the the we need to go down a few layers and figure out what behaviors do i need to change do i need to correct in order for me to alleviate some of this pain yeah it's funny like the chain like the the chain of events like my so my lower back hurt went to the massage therapist uh meryl was like oh your thighs are tight Mm -hmm. your thighs are tight because your calves are tight your calves are tight because your your feet are your feet are tight and then you know it's 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 just one thing after another and it seems to like link back to the feet at a certain point point. and for me it also linked back to inflammation so when i was dealing over the last couple of years dealing with a lot of these problems that, that i've had health wise i was overly inflamed and i've had to do uh, this summer i did a uh a long long-term fast and then changed my diet considerably to, to a fast mimicking diet for a couple months and reduced my inflammation so much that I didn't realize how inflamed I was because I was just living with it forever. Mm. Sometimes we have that pain Mm. and until it reaches panic level, we just like, oh, I guess I'll deal with it. I I guess this is how life is now. Yeah, and that's like the good and bad thing about healing is that you are getting rid of kind of that numbness and that tolerance so you become more sensitive to your pain. Mm. Like my... My neck hurts a lot more now than it did before when like because I have a healthier neck. So I can notice when things are off. Right. So that's and there is something called the healing crisis where you like for example with hips and low back. Like your your body is trying to protect itself. It's always trying to balance the tension throughout your body. And so when it doesn't feel safe, it'll like 
add tightness here. Mm-hmm. So this seizes up. A yeah. Bit, right? And so when you start loosening that up, it can feel really unstable. And mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, my, my low back actually is hurting a little bit more now. But it's like, oh, well, we're actually kind of rerouting the things. So you sometimes you do feel a little bit worse before you, before you feel better. better. And it's just constantly tuning into yourself and recognizing when, you know, something really isn't going well or when mm-hmm. you're just kind of working through something. But again, it is looking at the body as a whole is probably the most important part of healing pain. Well, that overcompensating is, is important too. I know for me, like my TFL was especially tight. And Your tensor fascia latte. Yes. yes. Look at you, fancy lady. <laughs> God, this podcast is so above my head. <laughs> um, and, and also like my, my glute meat and glute men were mm-hmm. so tight because my psoas was so weak yeah. and, and, and tight. And so it was overcompensating with these other muscles. They were doing way more work than they were supposed to. Now, yeah. a lot of that had to do is because I used to sit down for eight to 10 hours a day yep. and, and I I couldn't do a single squat. Like, in fact, I couldn't do a bridge yeah. because I remember the first time I was going to physical therapy. He's like, "All right, now," he was showing me how to do a bridge, and he's like, "Now turn your glutes on." And I'm like, "What?" Come on, baby. Yeah, they Come they, on. they, they Come didn't on, work. And so he had to give me like these modified what is a bridge. Is that like a plank? No, it's when you lay on your back, but you like sort of thrust your pelvis up in the air. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yes. to create. Thrust is the key. Thrust. <laughs> <Pose>. Yes. <laughs> Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> All right, Jeff, I'd love to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. There's an entire chapter on feet in here. <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute! Did you? Is this an appended version? Yeah, this is the it's this the is the new updated oh! version. <laughs> Minimalism and feet. Yeah, no, actually, there there is a. I mean, the book is basically about reestablishing our foundation, and so the thing he talked about is our feet are our foundation. So yeah. using that as as a metaphor, the 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 thing. I mean, it's my favorite thing that that we've ever written. And it's uh, this five-year journey of us going from these suit and tie corporate guys to becoming minimalists. But in order to do so, we had to really reset our own expectations of our life, what the societal pressure was. As you said, we were leaving the corporate world, Ryan. People were like, what? You're crazy. In fact, people didn't believe me, Randy. When I first, like quit well first thing i did when i quit i told my boss and he was like you can't quit you're not allowed to and there was this level of panic that i felt momentarily like oh my god i didn't realize he was able to tell me i couldn't quit i can't i'm not allowed to quit um (laughs) is that illegal i didn't realize that (laughs) (laughs) um and ultimately like i had to redefine what success was like for me i had to redefine what my expectations were because i realized they couldn't be predicated on someone else's expectations so people came up to you and they're like dude where are you really going yeah they're like are you going to at&t yeah like so you're going to verizon right like (laughs) and can you take me with you i'm like oh you think the grass is greener on the other side of this fence but it's the same grass they just put a fence up here right it's the same exact grass like yeah. no i'm not going anywhere um and so i had to re-establish and ryan had to re-establish a foundation in our lives and and so using that foot as, as a metaphor like yeah it is a foundation and but you need something to stand on in life so yeah jeff i'd love to send you a copy of everything that remains either the audiobook the book book or the ebook version of that i apologize there is not a foot chapter in there as well. <laughs> all right y'all we'd love to hear what you have to say there so are footnotes though <laughs> they're, they're in notes <laughs> <That's> technical <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to hear what you have to say so if you have a comment or tip about feet or self-care 
including advice for any of our callers today, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We'll air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. And stay tuned to the end of this week's episode for this week's listener comments and tips. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round. Yes, it is. Where we answer questions from social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Minimalists. And and, and Randy K is. Uh, where, where do you add on on Instagram? Naturally, Randy K. At naturally, Randy K. Randy, Randy with, with an, an I. I. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, at naturally uh, Randy K on Instagram to find her. We're at the Minimalists on all those platforms. During the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and now Randy. We each do our best to answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Now, don't worry, Randy. We actually maunder on a bit as well. Okay. We tie it up with a pithy bow. And you can copy and, and paste our pithy answers on social media if you like. Uh, you can find all of our quotes now in one place, minimalmaxims.com. It's so funny, dude. Like on Twitter, when I see people, like they'll quote me uh-huh. and I'll read it. And I'm like... Did I say that? Like, man, that is good. <laughs> Did Jessica edit that? Yeah, I, actually, I think that's what it is. Is I'll say something and then Jess edits it. I think yeah. Sean. I think Sean it edits pretty. it first and puts it in the show notes. All uh, the minimal maxims yeah. are in the show notes, but mm-hmm. then Jess edits it again and puts it on minimalmaxims.com. Jess, Sean, thank you for your excellent editing to make me sound <laughs> smart. Man, me words really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our first lightning round question is from. <laughs> Our first lightning round question is from Alexa. Alexa, kill Ryan Nicodemus. <laughs> Calling Ryan Nicodemus. <laughs> Stop it. How do you practice self-care without feeling selfish? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I, here's my pithy answer, and then maybe we can we can talk about it a little bit, Randy. My pithy answer is self-care and selfish reside on opposite sides of our values. Mm. I, I tend to look at I, I look at self operating in one's own self-interest, which is self-care is different from selfish, which is operating to the detriment of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you differentiate selfishness from self-care? Well, I Randy like K. to use the uh, brushing your teeth metaphor. So, brush- Never heard of this. Okay. What is it? Um, it's where you b- brush your teeth. Never heard of it. <laughs> okay. Mm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's not on my list. This explains my a lot. Okay. Teeth on this it. Uh, explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only do it twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, okay, brushing your teeth is yes. something you do every day, mm-hmm. and you benefit from it, and the people around you benefit from it, mm. right? And so, do you feel guilty for brushing your teeth? No. Do you feel like you're being selfish? Like, this is really a new like a a great way of approaching these acts of self-care is it something that you need to do to benefit yourself and it benefits those around you and you can't fill from an empty cup right so um so i say my pithy answer is self-care is a daily brushing of the mind body and soul boom oh my goodness how dare you come on here and outshine us (laughs) bleep that out show (laughs) (laughs) Make her pithy answer say we could do a whole podcast about feet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll own that. I will own that. Oh, man. How about you, Ryan? Um, my pithy answer is to give your best to others. You must first give your best to yourself. And just to Josh's point, uh, self-care, it only becomes selfish when it is a detriment to others. That's what you need to look at. If you are doing something for yourself and it's making someone else miserable 
uh, then maybe you want to look at that and be like, am I being selfish right now? But sometimes, sometimes, here's here's kind of the tricky part, right? Sometimes the self-care that we do, it does piss other people off. Mm-hmm. And that's their expectation. That's, they, have, they have poor expectations. So we've got to be able to differentiate when someone has a poor expectation or if we're the ones that have, have a poor point. expectation. So that's, again, easier said than done, like yeah. most of the stuff we talk about. But, uh, but the more you practice it, the better you get at it, for sure. Well, and the interesting thing about that, too, is sometimes self-care is a really, really hard decision. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the more you develop a relationship with yourself, and I call it your inner wisdom, um, it, it can sometimes guide you down paths that are really hard. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, getting a divorce, <laughs> you yeah. know, moving to a new place. That's, that's also self-care. So it, we have to be ready to to maybe make some tough calls sometimes yeah so yeah, yeah i think i think quite often the the expectation thing can be can be so tricky because we don't want to let other people down right but if i'm letting if i'm if i'm fulfilling other people's expectations by letting myself down mm-hmm. that's why i have that 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 list of my own sort of self-care these are all Ooh, individual acts that's right? a really good point so if you are meeting others people's expectations but it's letting yourself down mm-hmm. like that that's a problem right and in a weird way that is that's an involuted kind of selfishness when we're operating only on the behalf of others mm-hmm. dude i was trying to come up with a pithy answer something similar to that because the the it's selfish to not take care of yourself in a way i think that's what you're trying to say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah in, sure. in a weird way it's it's pacifying others by forsaking the things that are most important to you and it's easy to do that because we get this little dopamine rush when we please other people and and we all are people pleasers to a certain extent but i've realized that i mean you you guys both so for those of you who don't know randy and 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 ryan they're the same person actually it's the first (laughs) time i've ever i've only seen them in the same in the same room (laughs) once and it's right now i'm actually shocked you're not the same person um but they have the same personality and um (laughs) identical personalities and same sense of humor um and uh <laughs> and and uh what i don't know what's going on right now we're just connecting uh, <laughs> uh, they were doing like the et finger yeah. uh, no i was double tapping her oh you like her yes. i got it yeah. oh um, i was softly caressing you were softly caressing my hand our next question is from jenny <laughs> all right so we're moving on to our next question uh jenny wants to know how do i draw and maintain boundaries about what I need for self-care when others around me are adept at asking for what they need. And my tendency is to give more than I receive, resulting in me feeling resentful toward them. All right, well, here's my, my pithy answer. A life without boundaries is the most bound life. Yeah. I think that's also ultimately what I was getting at with that, that previous question there is in a weird way, we... I think about Ella, our five-year-old. She, if she, we were, if we were to let her do whatever she wants, whenever she wants to do it, that's what we think of as freedom. But that's not real freedom. That's a particular kind of tyranny. Being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Mm-hmm. You can go play in traffic, Ella. Just have fun. Right. No, you, you're putting up a different kind of, of bounds. That's interesting, man. It's like removing like the boundaries of like every human day existence, it just 
makes you aware of like, yeah, you're right. Like you're just aware of these boundaries that you'll never be able to reach. Removing, removing the boundaries of discipline (coughs) also removes your freedom. And the, the, the Jocko Willink book is discipline equals freedom. And, and ultimately that's, that's where we have to go. If we want to be, if we want to be free, it has to do with inserting a, a particular kind of discipline in our lives. And the more discipline we have, the freer we're going to feel, the more accomplished we're going to feel. Now, she's, Jenny is talking about other people's expectations and giving, giving, giving more than she receives. And, and for me, like, <clears throat> I have to look at it and say, what are, what are the boundaries so that I can give myself what I what I need, right? Um, because without those boundaries, it's back to the Ella analogy. You, ultimately, you'll fall off a cliff, or you'll go get hit, hit, hit in traffic if you're playing in traffic, right? Mm-hmm. And so you de- do need some sort of boundary if you want to experience freedom. Uh, but with too many boundaries, that that's also a problem, right? If 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 you're if you're in prison literally, then you have these boundaries that you can't escape, mm-hmm. and and so. I think it, it really has to do with the balance of with our with our with our boundaries. Now, she also talks about resentment, right, Ryan? Yeah, that's... Um, and I, I would argue that resentment isn't a problem. Resentment is a sign that something needs to change so that you don't build resentment. Yeah. The building of resentment is a problem. Yes. If you resent something, it is it is a signal. It is an indicator that oh well something needs to change here because if i keep doing this then there's going to be a problem Mm -hmm. uh randy what's your yeah uh well i guess i'll start with my (coughs) answer is if giving doesn't fill you up then it isn't truly giving Mm. Ooh. so one thing that I, i was just in peru and peruvians are amazing people and really happy and i was just like i asked one of them like why are you so happy and and it and there was a long answer, but the gist of it was um, their culture is a giving culture and you, you give first and you share first mm. before you before you take. And there's a lot of joy in giving and sharing. And that was a really beautiful reminder for me because a lot of times it's like, okay, what do I need? What, what intentions do I want to put out there? You know, me, me, me. But we don't really think about how to truly give. In a, in a joyful way. And so if you're giving a lot and you some a lot of people take a lot of pride in how much they give, mm. how much they serve, but they're they're totally breaking and they don't really enjoy, well, you know, I got to go do this for this person and this for this person. Yeah. yeah. And that it's actually draining them. I don't believe that's truly giving no. because giving is a two-way street. I totally agree. Well, this kind of goes back to Alexa's question too. That yeah. same thing can apply there. It's like if you are if you're not taking care of yourself and you're just taking care of others and it's to your own detriment. Mm-hmm. Like that is a that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, and I I like what you said about resentment being a warning signal because we do get afraid of that and well, it's like the, yeah. the check engine light in your car is yeah, the it's problem. Like ding, ding. <laughs> right. it's, yeah the problem is something else it's, but it's it's taking the time to realize that that's actually going on mm-hmm. as well and otherwise the resentment builds up yeah and that that is a huge problem just like the check engine light comes on you're like well i'll just put a piece of black tape over it mm-hmm. and that way i don't see the check engine light anymore that's what we do in our daily yeah. lives i feel like yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, my pithy answer is this. If you keep setting yourself up for resentment, 
you're really going to resent that. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. So, so really, you know, saying no, it, it's it, this is a huge part of self care. Yeah. Uh, being able to say no, no. I'm. So, I mean, last night I was supposed to go to a haunted hayride with uh, Josh no and Bex. Yes, Mariah and I were we're going to join. We were going to uh, continue our tradition of spooky, scary stuff in Spooktober. Uh-huh. Um, but last night, like I've just been getting horrible sleep. We recorded yeah. a podcast yesterday. I, I knew I needed to re- record a podcast today. And I'm like, I have to take something off my plate right now. Yeah. And it's, and I wanted to work out. I wanted to ride the bike. And I was like, I'm not going to forsake my exercise just to go on a haunted hayride. So I had to tell Josh, Hey dude, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna be able to make it. I need to get a good night's good night's sleep. And what do you think Josh did? Was he like, how dare you cancel on me the same yeah. day? I tweet, we're not, we're I not friends anymore. Passive aggressive way. <laughs> oh, how Midwest of you. No, no jo- Josh was very supportive because he's my friend and yeah. he, wa- he wants me to take care of myself. And I think that's the key. A couple of things there is you are really clear on what your needs are and yeah. what your what your main priorities are. Yeah. And the other thing yeah. is that you have communicated properly with the people in your life on what those needs are. And so Absolutely. when you say something like that, he totally trusts that, that that is what you need and it's not personal and it's nothing right. like that. And so that's part of the thing too is you getting clear with yourself, but you also need to have really clear conversations with the people that you operate with so mm-hmm. they can be on the same page because most of the people in your life do love you and care for you. And when they really know where this is coming from, mm-hmm. they're going to be understanding and supportive. But when you yeah. keep it all in and then you get mad at somebody for not understanding you. <laughs> like that's, there's, there's a problem there. Yeah. yeah. And so it, you have to take it on yourself to educate the people around you about what you're changing and, and what your needs are so they can get on board yeah. and even like join you in their own way. Like a lot of people with families um, I work with, it's like, let's have you know, self-care time or there's an hour in a day where, you know, mom's going to do this and the kids get to do something that they enjoy and it can turn into like the culture of the home, you know, instead of like, I'm taking the time. Nobody cares about what I need, you know? Right. And so, well, I think when you, when you were telling someone, no, uh, whether whether it's a friend who does and, and you've set you know the right expectations so friends are gonna you know they're gonna understand because of the expectations you set up with them like with josh and i like he totally like you said he understood like yes like i needed a good night of sleep he knows i haven't been sleeping well so he's gonna support me because he's my friend and he wants me to be happy but even you know with strangers i guess um or, or an acquaintance that you want to say no to don't just say no like tell them what yeah. you're saying yes to like Instead, yeah, yeah. Explain to them what like the no is or uh, like, well, I'm actually doing this right now, but maybe at a later time or, or whatever. There's definitely an art form of saying no, but also saying yes can be an important act of self care as well. Yeah. So, so like, uh, so what do you mean by that? Give me an example. For example, um, I'll come back to your example of getting sunshine. Mm -hmm. Like there's been times, especially in Fargo when it is super cold and you've done your work day and you get home and you just want to snuggle and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's great. But if you do that every day, it's not. And somebody will invite me to something that I would actually like, but I'm too lazy (laughs) or I'm just like (laughs) comatose state survival. And it's like, nah, I'm going to say yes to that because that's actually something that'll fill me up. So I, I, yes is getting a bad rap right now. Um, but that, but there's also time and place for that too. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Randy, thank you so much for, uh, being here and like putting up with my antics and Josh's antics. I'm used to it. We really appreciate it. We have one more question (laughs) if you want to like hang out. Yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. Yes. We have one more question. 
and I'm looking forward to arguing with both of you about this. <laughs> oh boy. How do you practice self-care when you have so much empathy? <laughs> empathy? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, all right. So if you'd like to hear our answer to that question, you want to hear me argue with Randy and Ryan, who are both very <laughs> empathetic <laughs> people. Uh, I'm going to present the case against empathy. It's not that Josh is apathetic. He just doesn't know how to feel. So <laughs> he's he just not, doesn't have He just doesn't soul. have feels. Like yeah. his heart's really just black. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> no, I just don't have a heart. <laughs> no, it's a regular heart. It's just I really mean, you know cold. What I feel, I feel yeah. anxiety when there's coffee running down the side of Ryan's cup. Yes. <laughs> that's what I feel. I have no empathy for him, though. But, for All right. coffee, but we're going to talk about empathy and the problem with empathy. Uh, and if you'd like to hear our answer to that question, you can listen to this week's Postscript episode over at the Minimalist Private Podcast, available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support our show and keep this podcast 100% advertisement-free, then head on over to theminimalists.com slash support. In addition to our weekly Postscript episodes, the Minimalist Private Podcast feed includes our Ask the Minimalist Anything episodes. We just recorded one of those yesterday. It was really good. Uh, un- unreleased recordings of our live events. We've done 15 live events for our Patreon supporters in the last year. You can find all of those uh, on the Minimalist Private Podcast feed. And also the entire back catalog of our past private episodes. We've done over 80 at this point. Once you become a supporter, you'll also receive a personal link to our private podcast feed so that it plays in your normal podcast player. You can find all the details and all the good stuff over at theminimalists.com slash support. And here is a snippet from this week's Postscript episode. Here's the case against empathy, uh, put plainly in an analogy, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want your doctor to have empathy. If, you, if he's getting ready to operate on you, mm-hmm. the literal, you don't want him to literally have empathy. If uh, you're, you, well, we were just talking about foot care, right? Your foot is, my, 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 my toe was so messed up, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to literally feel the pain in my toe. Yeah, of course not. I wanted him to have compassion for me. Mm. And so the case against empathy is really a case for compassion, Interesting, mm-hmm. and, and and I think when when we experience too much empathy, and this is what M is saying here, mm-hmm. she's relating to everyone else's pain, and she is therefore feeling her their pain. And how can you take care of yourself when you're feeling everyone else's pain? Okay, now it's time for our added value portion of the show. This is where we talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. Ryan, what has been adding value to your life? Well, I want to bring Jordan on here with his beautiful costume. <laughs> come on out. Come on out, Jordan. Well, Look at this. We're recording this on Halloween Where's day. It, yeah. yeah. Where's this going to come through the... Yes, pull pull the... <clears throat> this, this is like one of the best... It's such a simple costume, but this is like one of the best Hunter S. Thompson outfits I've seen. <laughs> yes. Hello, and you know what I love about this, dude? Is even your tattoo is like... It's it's a Hunter S. Yeah, that's, it's on purpose. I love it. Yeah. I love it, dude. That's, that's, that's a bat from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, dude, I, it's funny. After you explained to me um, your tattoo, uh, uh, I went and watched Fear and Loathing, and I forgot how much I freaking love that movie. It's so good. Um, so I recommend Fear and Loathing. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. No, uh, we were just talking about before this podcast started, uh, Mariah put on this show last night called Superstore. Freaking hilarious, man. It is so funny, but... What I like, what I specifically liked about it, we watched two episodes. It's a parody of Walmart, basically. Right. right? It, yeah, it's a parody of Walmart. It's it's a superstore, and it's about the employees and the management at the superstore, and it's just, 
it's just so it's such a good parody it's, it's, it's like done the so office well office meets walmart yeah in a way yeah in a way it's not because it's not a diet it's not like a you know mockumentary right but uh but yeah in a way it is kind of like that but the reason humor like that. the reason why i like this show is because it did such a good job on this one particular episode where they wanted to hand out free samples of this salsa and the manager he was like i'm just gonna pick someone random to to hand out samples and he picks this person out and she's like is it because I'm Latina? Is that why you're picking me to hand out the salsa? And he's like, no, no. He's like, okay, fine. You don't have to do it. Let's pick someone else random. And then he goes to the other. There's only one other Latina that works there. <laughs> so he goes to that one. But it's this whole episode on where like she was totally okay with handing out the salsa. And then she, in fact, she's like talking to customers and she is like creating this faux Spanish accent. And the the woman who was offend who who was offended by the boss picking her, like it was this whole you know, uh, this whole scene where she's like, I can't believe you're doing this. This is our people. But then by the end of the episode, she's doing the same exact thing, and it's just funny like how they took this um, this really sensitive subject uh-huh. because we are you know in, in especially in the states like we're we are douchey with like how we you know represent certain cultures. And uh, it's it is a, it can be a sensitive subject, but they've been able to take like something like that and create this hilarious episode, and you actually learn something from it. What's well, it's the the Kafka line about how life's most serious and sensitive topics can be discussed only through jokes and humor, yeah. right? Yeah, and and I mean it's the reason that you have something like South Park um, or the the Book of Mormon, like. The yeah. musical. The musical, right. Yeah. <laughs> not the actual book <laughs> Wait, that's not a parody? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, slapstick humor. <laughs> slapstick humor? Uh, I thought it was like 60s dark humor. Uh, uh, the the ironists. Oh. No, um, yeah, the, the, the musical. But like, I, I really love the Mormon response to that was like to buy the full page ads and the, the initial uh, playbook uh, or play the bill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's it's discussing rather sensitive topics that mm-hmm. is really charged if you try to have a debate about Mormonism exactly. or you have a debate about about cultural appropriation. Um, when you have debates about those, it becomes charged. But when South Park or Homer Simpson is doing it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can at least see this through the lens of humor. Yeah, it makes it less... It's a serious thing, but it makes it a little less serious, and it makes it, makes it, it approachable. Yeah, this exactly. is also why I love sci-fi. You just put it in space, and you can it's cover so anything. True. Dude, oh, Star yeah. Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> it's like, brilliant. Re- yeah, like rewatching. Yeah. They they touch on so many sensitive subjects that like you wouldn't even think about. You but you're right because space. because they're in outer space, <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want. Aliens, man. Yeah, aliens, yeah. man. Well, for my added value portion, I'm going to talk about two things. One is Randy's podcast. It's the Aww. Simple Self Care Podcast. She did a couple of conversations. One with my own uh, uh, partner, Bex. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and uh, so they had a conversation. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And also Jessica. Uh, the gal who works with us, a social media manager and all-around outstanding person, Jessica Lynn Williams, and uh, you did a podcast with her as well. She's been on well. twice She's now. She's been on twice? She's my first, second timer uh-huh. on there. Well, we'll put links yeah. to, to both of those. We'll put a link to your website as well, naturallyrandyk.com. And then also there is an album that I've been listening to. Is this new? Yeah, the new Cat Power album came I haven't out. Even heard, Ooh, I haven't even listened yeah. to it. When did it come out? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, man, I have not checked it out yet. It's I can't called, wait to listen to that. It's called Wanderer, and I think we'll end the episode in a little bit here with the title track. It's the first first song on the album called Wanderer. Cool. Randy, has anything been adding value to your life recently? Yeah, so a couple of things I've been thinking about just because I just 
am traveling right now, um, there's an app called Calm, which is um, a relatively new app, but I use it a lot at home. It's got a lot of really good meditations. It has music, like calming music on there, and you can you know, put in what you're looking for in duration or whatever. But my favorite part of it is they have bedtime stories. And they're read by like Get out of here. Stephen Fry and like the most soothing voices ever. That so awesome. there's one I've been listening to. My husband and I listen to them a lot when we're going to bed. But the um, there's one that I've been listening to over and over. And so I downloaded it um, for offline mode. And I was listening to it on the plane when I had a red eye or even last night when I got in late. Um, and I was just was so grateful I had this like sweet little bedtime story about lavender growing in France so, like, love this. that helped like trigger that sleep response I and love, so, so Mariah and I have been we've been trying to do well we attempted it for like a week but it wasn't really working we were trying to do audio books mm-hmm. um, but I'd get too engaged yeah and, no, exactly <clears throat> you want to listen to that voice right night. exactly and it's only like 20-30 minutes I usually don't mm, make it to the end yeah um, the other thing I'll add is that I I don't I am a travel lightly i don't like to have a lot of extra stuff when i travel (laughs) (laughs) i know um but my husband's really into tech and gadgets and i am always like i don't need that but he's like take these um what's it called sound soundproof headphones oh i've seen those and he put it like he tested it out on me before i left and i was like whoa (laughs) and then and so I had these with me. Do they play an ambient are they like the noise? Bose ones? They are the Bose ones. Okay. And do they play an ambient noise? They, no. I think, no. They're just literally noise canceling. Yeah. yeah. There's no electronics in them. Well, no, they're, no they're, that's the technology is electronic. Music, whatever you want on them. Yeah, you noise. connect oh. it, but it, it takes out a lot of the whatever noise. Uh, okay. White noise, whatever. Okay. But on the airplane, so much traveling, and I don't know what it is about people, but they love to play videos without headphones in airports that's unbelievable it just these blows people, my mind these people should be arrested these people <laughs> no seriously it's it's the, noise the, pollution and it like it really yeah. bothers me so um, if you're a person who listens to your phone out on speakerphone mode in public or you're yeah. or worse like you're having a full conversation on speakerphone with your phone in front of you yeah. yeah or, or you're listening to music or watching videos stop on. being inconsiderate yeah. asshole <laughs> anyway you can't control the people around you you can control your headphones that's true <laughs> so i it's bulky to carry so it's a little like uh, whatever but they have been a total lifesaver so i love those all right well sean if yeah, you can find a link great. for those we'll put a link to those in the show notes as well uh, let's move on to right here, right now. I'm going to skip most of these because we are running over on time. But uh, I just want to say thanks to Randy. Uh, yeah. Randy, we appreciate you being here. Thank I'm really you. grateful. You're awesome. If folks want to find out you, more man. about you, I think your website is probably the best place. You can, they can yep. follow you on all the socials from there. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's just naturallyrandyk.com. Randy with an I, but we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. If you want to comment on this episode, you can do so on YouTube. If you want the show notes in your email inbox, just go to theminimalists.com and um, you can enter your email address at the top. We'll never send you any spam because that stuff's gross, but we will send you any new show notes, any new writings from The Minimalist as well. There's quite a few new essays on our website as well, theminimalists.com. Ryan, you got anything else for us? I have something for Randy. Hey, Randy, I want you to check out these uh, voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. 
Hi Josh and Ryan, it's Becky from England just sending a voice message for all those people who are still struggling with family members buying them gifts even though they've asked not to receive physical gifts. So I've been listening to the podcast I think for a year and a bit now. Um, So I actually went back recently, listened to all your old podcasts right to the very beginning and it seems like it's a recurring question, recurring problem that people send in time and time again is I'm getting really frustrated with family members keep buying me things even though we've told them that we're minimalists and I just wanted to share a message of hope really as someone who has reached that turning point I think two years or whatever into my minimalist journey the penny has finally dropped with family members and friends and they finally get it and that is how long it can take and I think it can even take even longer um because people have got a whole lifetime lifetime's worth of habits to shift they've been buying you gifts you know your whole life so um we've just been accepting gifts and smiling and sort of explaining that we're you know embracing a minimalist lifestyle and that we live with less and sharing our message um but trying to not get frustrated and you know donating those gifts on and it's felt like we've sent a lot of gifts to to charity shops and donated them on. I mean, a lot, a lot of gifts. And I was starting to get even more frustrated. But this year, we've really reached that turning point where people have stopped buying us things. And so it was just a message of hope, really, to tell people to hold on, um, have patience and have faith that it's going to happen eventually, uh, because it can just take time. And I think when we first discovered The Minimalists, I remember I was so pumped, like, was so happy to see all these changes in my life. And we're so excited to do all these things overnight like wake up the next morning and throw out most of our belongings and we kind of want everybody to do it with the same speed and it just takes everyone around us a lot longer I think to adjust to that and I kind of didn't realize that at the time so it was just to share that advice on to any other new new listeners who are struggling with that that um give it give it time because it will happen eventually hey minimalists my name's Emma Romo I'm calling from Mams Lakes California I was calling with a tip for people who don't have enough space. Now, I don't mean go out and get storage or anything like that, but my husband and I recently moved into a motorhome. We live in an area where we have four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And so we have a lot of clothes that change with the seasons. In our new RV, however, we don't have a lot of room to keep our clothes that we need for those different seasons. And getting rid of them would just be ineffective and a waste of money and irresponsible with our money. So what I've done is I've purchased two airtight bins, one for my husband and one for myself. We keep our fall clothes or winter clothes in these bins folded up with space bags if necessary for some of the bulkier items, like snow pants or snowboard jackets, and gloves, of course, and long sleeve sweaters, shirts, etc., that we won't be wearing during the summertime. Uh, Come the winter, we'll pull these out when we need them, and we can swap in the summertime. It's really important to make sure you don't get carried away and just use this as an excuse to keep all your clothes even though you don't really need them. But if you have limited space and you need these kinds of gear for different seasons, this is a great option.
Hi, this is Janelle, and I'm calling from Heber, Utah, about the most recent podcast episode 136. It's Mementos. Um, I had a comment for uh, your two callers that were asking about um, emotions being attached to things and wanting to know if they could get rid of, I think it was um, children's clothing that one, the one lady was keeping in um, stuff that she'd gotten from her dad, I think, the other one. Anyway, um, I had a couple of thoughts with this. Um, my youngest son died when he was almost two, and um, there's a lot of emotion involved with that, and there were a lot of things that uh, were difficult, and one of those was cleaning up his room and cleaning out his stuff. Um, we moved about a year after he died, and so I had to go through and, and pack all of the things that had been in his bedroom. And um, At the time, I did not have the energy or the ability to decide what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to get rid of, so I just packed everything that we had, um, and it fit in a couple of small totes, and it moved with us once, and then again a year and a half later, um, it moved with us again, and I knew that they were there, and they were in the the little totes, but I did not touch them, did not open them, did not look at them. And finally, about, oh, it was probably about six years after he died, um, I decided that I needed to go through that stuff. And so I went to the basement, which is where we put all of our stuff that we don't want to look at. And I opened up the totes and started to go through them. And I realized about halfway through the first one that I was still very emotionally attached to most of the items in there. So I told myself that I didn't have to get rid of anything, and I sat down and I just looked at everything and kind of processed the emotions that were involved and attached to these toys and these books and these clothing, these pieces of clothing that we that we had kept. And then about a year later, um, I felt like I could go through them and determine what I wanted to keep, and I ended up donating almost everything. Um, we pulled it. I think a couple of outfits and one or two toys um, for my other children to use as mementos. And we have a little shadow box that we made that has a couple of toys and a, um, a pair of shoes, I think, of his. But everything else we ended up donating. And when I was ready to go through that stuff and I was ready to let it go, um, it was very peaceful and it was very um, easy for me to identify what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to get rid of. So I guess my caution would be um, if you still have a lot of emotion tied up in the clothing and you feel ambivalent about it, it's okay not to get rid of it all at once. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalists, give us a call, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. Randy, thanks again for being here. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you later. All right, let's, uh, let's check out this track from Cat Power. It's the title track from Wanderer. Unless you're on YouTube, then... There'll be an, a link or something. Click here. Oh, wanderer, I've been wondering If you brown or still a color Could I see that night, that night With those hands, those hands That night, that night Oh, galleon ring With heart, wild heart You'd sing to me Who was not the lady from the other town Twist the face